Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Total 90 Premier League Podcast. This is your favorite time of the week. This is my favorite time of the week. And I am Nick Brown, Frowny Brown from Frowny Brown Town. Another one bites the dust as Slavin Bilic is the latest manager to be sacked from West Ham. Manchester City dispatch of another so-called contender with a 3-1 win over Arsenal. Mourinho woes as Murata Magic puts more worries in the Man United camp as well as Champions League, Europe's most expensive clubs, Facebook's finest, heading in to the international break. And I am joined, as always, by a man who is... Well, Mickey, your team has uh, has sent another manager packing, and I, before you even say a word, I'm just going to give another one, another one bites the dust. Mickey Kennedy, how are we doing today? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Yeah. Uh, we had a good win on the weekend, and West Ham are fucked. Yeah, obviously a top story. This only came out what, yesterday. Now, like it's very, yeah. very, very recently. Um, you know, the best thing about us doing our show when we do it, and we're we're a day late here. We are a day late, thanks but, to the Melbourne Cup. But uh, yeah, Melbourne Cup does does things to you. That you don't want things to be done to you. But uh, it also we also because we go so late, we can get these stories out. I mean, there's so many podcasts that get out on the Monday that never have these manager sackings. And we get them every time. We do. And that's why we are the best podcast in the world. <laughs> <laughs> what do we think, Mickey? This is, um, is, is it, was it the right time? Like Slavin Bilic, it just seemed like the writing was on the wall. I think like, it had to happen. You know what I mean? Like um, if they didn't do it now, it would have turned into like another month and two months. And uh, I feel like we're seeing we're going in circles. I think like they were just avoiding the inevitable and, um, you know, they've cut their losses now and, the new appointment, Nick. What do you think, David Moyes? I'll tell you what, this is uh, this is going to be one of the. I wouldn't even say it's dividing. I don't think any West Ham fan is happy about this. Does any? What would anyone want Moyes? He's failed in his last what three three jobs. Yeah, he has, and um, I think you know, surely he's hired on on what he did at Everton on a shoestring budget, and I think that's what's got him over the line in this one. Um, it, it really is um, underwhelming, isn't it? Like, about, it's a little bit worrying. What about Kuman? Like, why why wouldn't you get somebody like that? Like, you know, after what he's done. Well, it's the same page, isn't it? Like, I, I just think. What, that, do we actually think Kuman? Yeah, well, definitely. You're I, fucking mad. I'm, are you serious? Of course I am. Yeah. Well, he's, are you enough? Ronald Kuman coming he just out. Just fucked up Everton. I, it was a combination of a few things. He's not the only person who makes the uh, the transfers happen. Like, of yeah, course. That, that's true to agree, but. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. He's been fired two weeks. Oh, he has. Yeah, of course he has. But this, you know how the Premier League is. The turnover is as quick as you want it to be. I, I just think that, you know, after what he's done with Southampton, you know, um, Kuman, like there is potential there for a club. And because Southampton are on the same level, on a similar level than West Ham. Obviously not right now because West yeah. Ham are in relegation. I just don't like, I just think Moyes is one of the most boring options that you could ever get. He's got a history of making clubs get relegated. <laughs> Yeah, he has, and as recent as last year. Yeah, <laughs> like it's so the writing's on the wall here. Like this is it's insane that he did have an incredibly poor side in uh, Sunderland. So yeah, they were they were going down anyway. I think Pep wouldn't have been able to keep Sunderland up that year. But like, yeah. Sam Allardyce would have. Oh, big. Oh, where is Big Sam? Well, the whole. Well, he well you know the, his name starts to get dragged up a bit now, and um, he, he's staying you know pretty positive. He doesn't want the um to get into management just yet. But you can already see the writing on the wall, really. It's just about who he goes to, I'd say. I think Everton would be stupid not to go for him, to be honest. I was going to say, the um the whole, you know, we've been through a few managers now. This isn't, we're, what are we in, three, four? Four that are gone? And it's, it's, yeah, it's, we're, looking, so. we're looking like... We've you know, got Palace, we've got West Ham, we've got uh, Everton and... 
No, it might be just three. It might moment. be just the three, but we yeah. got. So who would be who would be the next if if Sam doesn't go to Everton? Who who's the next uh, club with a manager who's probably on the brink? As in, like, who's going to get rid of one, or who's who's Everton going to hire? No, who who's going to get rid of the manager? I think West Brom at the moment. I've got this sneaking suspicion. You know, um, the football they're playing is pretty boring, and now <laughs> they're not winning, and that's the main thing that I think. Um, you know, like Tony Pulis, I think he's lost the players in a little bit. And, you know, West Brom, you know, you asked them three years ago, they'd be just happy to stay in the Premier League. But now they're kind of wanting more. And and, and this is a bit like, it's a bit harsh, I think, in in a, in a certain respect because he's, he's giving West Brom probably what, like, the maximum they can probably achieve for what they, they put into the club, the owners and and, and the players they get. Yeah. And it's almost like now that they're, they're, they're looking on to the next bit, but... They're getting maybe a bit ahead of themselves, and now, you know, Tony Pulis was a guy that kind of just gets results. He doesn't make it's not pretty. Not everyone knows it. He's well organised in defence, but now the results aren't quite going that way. And when you play that brand of football, you need to be getting results. Otherwise, people start asking questions, and I think that's what's starting to happen now because. You know, they've dragged right into this relegation fight this year, where normally they're cruising. Yeah. Um, I think this is, you know, this, he, uh, for me, he's probably the next one. Yeah, I, like I look at a team like West Brom. The the thing about a team that you know goes for these one nil wins is what, which is what West Brom do every week. You know, they're yeah. happy with this kind of thing, or a draw, even. Yeah, time. even a draw, depending who they're playing, and it just feels like you know, if you're going to do that, you need to pull it off. And if you're not going to do that, if you're going to be a bit sketchy in your results, at least be entertaining. Because as a fan perspective, I'm sure a lot of West Brom fans go to their games and probably don't look forward to it as much as what they used to. Yeah, and that's exactly right. And um, you're right. It's a fine line when you play to play for the one year win, and it's all right when you know it's all right to lose one out of four or five. But at the moment, like they're, they're having a shocking run, and you know they're, they're getting beat one nil, and they're getting beat here, and as they did on the weekend. Um, yeah, as I said, when you don't play an attractive style of football, when the results don't start going your way, then then your head's really in danger because. Um, there's no positive out of the whole thing, you know. So, you know, teams that do play with a bit of flair and excitement, they go, at least, you know, at least we can see the win coming. You can see that they're trying to get goals. Um, when West Brom are winning, they're like, yeah, our, our style's pretty average, but at least we're winning. Yeah, But now they're not doing either. And, yeah, it's uh, that's why I'm a little bit worried for... Tony Pulis at the moment. But of course, we are, we need to stick on West Ham. Tony Pulis still has a job as of now. Tomorrow's another, another day, of yeah. course. I think Conte actually could be the next person to go, in all honesty. You yeah. Big chance. I think there's so much there's so much infighting with the board. He, you know, there's reports that he recently uh, made Davila Louise be a ball boy during training and didn't didn't play him on the weekend. Like well, the way he played, you know, you know, what, do, do you think that's worse than what Lovren? He Lovren got dragged off in front of, you know. Of course, yeah. I don't think Klopp. I've, I think Klopp's. Uh, I think Klopp was very poor for doing that. But I think that uh, you know, doing that and kind of having it all publicised as it is, you know, there's just a lot of things going on in the Chelsea camp that I honestly think that Conte couldn't wouldn't be really asked if he got the sack in the next in the next two weeks. Like it could be done before the international break. In all honesty, yeah. Well, they, they beat when they did beat United. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, that is true. They're sitting. They're sitting fourth in their one point one second. So. You know, in saying that, they're still, you know, winning a majority of their games. The one thing I will say is I was listening to a guy that um, on Talk Sport the other week, and he, he mentioned that um, when Conte was manager of Juventus, he had a great interest in, you know, and, and he, I think he was a correspondent over there in Europe, in, in Italy, and he watched, you think, pretty sure he watched the whole Juventus season. Yeah. And he said that he described 
the way they played is he watched them so much and they was the whole team knew exactly what they were doing. The whole team was so organized. Like the guy the, the guy himself reckons he could almost pick the next pass because it yeah. was so well drilled. Every player was on board of what the message was. Now he last year he said that he saw exactly the same in the Chelsea side. Um, exactly, you know, exactly the same style that all the players were on board. They knew exactly what to do, when to do it. Um, and he says he's seen absolutely nothing of it this year. It's yeah. kind of like it's all fallen away. Whether the players have lost respect for him, or you know, they they just kind of get bored. Like David Louise, as he said, he actually pointed him out and he said, you know, a man like that last year was he's playing so well, and and now he just seems to have these lapses as a concentration. And I think none were more apparent than. Um, the Champions League game against Roma during the week where I don't know <laughs> oh if anyone's God. like yeah. me and you've seen it, but the photo, there's a photo doing the rounds where there's one Roma player and there's literally three, like a school, like the, the simplest of errors with three defenders um, go to it, go to like, you know, get like lay a tackle and leave the whole goal square pretty much open where Roma players sit on the other side. Now, stuff like that just indicates that no one's even, you know, they're not even holding their zone anymore. They're just kind of running around like kids. It is. It's something, you know, it doesn't look like people playing for the manager. They just seem like, they. it just seems like they're waiting for something to happen, but nobody knows what it's going to be. It just seems like no one's budging in that sense. Yeah. Uh, on the on the village, we need to make sure we say on village because, you know, it's, it's very poor at the moment for West Ham. You know, they're, what, they're currently at 18th. They're, they're in the relegation zone. They're not just they're not just a draw, just kind of hanging in there. They're, they're well and truly in there. Are they in for a fight this year? Are they going to be fighting for it? Do you think a new manager is going to spur on results uh, like, that, like it usually does? I think it has to. Um, you know, the squad's too good. They, you know, they're playing at London Stadium, even though I think it, London Stadium's an absolute joke. It's a hole. <laughs> it, it really is. Like, you know, the fans there are so distant from the game. That's what, you know, the one thing that, um, you know, atmosphere is when you, like, it's a it's a fortress type of atmosphere, but it's when you, I think the best ones are when you're in close, you know, when it feels like, like you know, if a player's out there, they feel like they're surrounded kind of thing, you know, pushed into a corner. But you know, but the the English that atmosphere hasn't been going around in England for years now. It's been five ten years since English England the English clubs have had this massive atmosphere like think, it used to be. I think West Ham always had a bowling ground. I think that when they were playing there, they did have that kind of to an extent. But the yeah. problem is with English clubs and that is because everything's so policed and you're not allowed to bring anything in. You know, flares aren't allowed. In. Like there's been I've, I've heard people who have uh, gone to games and they've been told they're not allowed to stand up in certain sections. They have to sit down. Like how are you supposed to create some sort of atmosphere when you've got people kind of trying to police what you can and can't do like yeah. that. No, I agree with you. And it, it, it does get hard, but um, I don't think it's completely lost. I think the, the clubs that have the grounds that are um, that have the fans on the fence pretty much, I think Old Trafford's one. Uh, I know Anfield's pretty much one. And, you know, like a couple of others. Um, I think I thought Tottenham was one for a while when they were playing at White Hart Lane. You know, it re- very, very hard to have an atmosphere at Wembley Stadium for any of them, isn't and it? It is. And I think... It all comes down to how close the the fan interaction is with the players on the field, and I, I honestly still believe that. And I think there's still a fair few clubs that that can have that atmosphere. I think, um, you know, like Eddie had, like Eddie had. The, the Etihad's been yeah, cities, yeah. The, the Etihad's are not too bad, and same with Arsenal's, but the Emirates. But the only the only club that really has anything going, like yeah, you know, what I think what it used to be, is probably Palace right now. But they only have a small pocket of fans doing it. I I was seeing, um, yeah, you know, I watched a little bit of the Europa game. Uh, it was Arsenal versus this fucking team. 
called uh, what are they? Got, yeah, Red Starberg. Yeah, Red. Road. Yeah, yeah Red. they're a um, Serbian team. We got um, Mar Juric for them. There you go. Uh, and uh, I was watching that, and you know the amount, especially when Arsenal were playing away over in Serbia, and the atmosphere was unbelievable. Like yeah. it was like that was they were they lost the they game. Were going crazy. They yeah. lost the game eighty four in the eighty fifth minute, and they were thirty minutes after the game. They still had flares going. They still had they were still waving flags, singing, and it was just like they. And even Arsenal was kind of like, why can't we get anything like that over here? And it's not just Arsenal. Like I don't want to just pick on Arsenal because yeah. every club has it now. Like it's there's too many people as well. It's just who are what I'd call spe- too many, sa- too many, too many safety spe- things. Too as many well. spectators, man. Yeah. There's too many spectators. Too many people going for the day. They just want to take a photo. The tourists. They're coming yeah. in for you know. They want to take a few selfies and they want to like say oh, I was here so you could put it on Instagram. It's not the the atmosphere has changed ever since. Like, it's almost like the new wave of technology. Commercial clubs that. like they've become you know f- fan based clubs. You know. And they and their selling point is you know having fans all across the world I guess and that's and that's a um, a repercussion of that I guess and you put fans in brackets there especially <laughs> uh, with, with West Ham we're talking about the game really quickly uh, it was a four one win to Liverpool of course West Ham had their chances at times yeah. like you know I, I don't know how much Liverpool could take out of this but because it was just it just yeah. was by the time it got to I think it was it must have, when it happened and it got to four one when Salah put that second his second goal away. It was just kind of it was all bets were off, and that you guys had about ten attacks in the last ten minutes, I, I reckon, and it was just, defending was just absolutely woeful. Yeah, and um, God, we look like a different team with Mane coming back. You know, I thought it was a bit risky playing him, but yeah, he's he's just his, oh, his finishing was a bit poor, actually. To be fair, yeah, he's but, well, he's a bit rusty. He hasn't yeah, of course, since yeah. the city game. Yeah, of course. Um, but how I, long ago was that? Him on the ball was fantastic. It was just like because I was watching back the highlights and that, and you know, there's a couple of uh, times where he'd cut across onto his left or right, and uh, they'd be they'd sky him, and I'd be like, you know, Mane would usually put that away because he's yeah. like, because that's how well I rate him at least. Uh, is this kind of one of those? Yeah, you know, it was a little bit of a danger game for Liverpool going to that that hole of a stadium and you know potentially dropping points. So yeah. you must be at least happy with that. Yeah, I am. I'm more relieved. I think as a fan going to those kind of games, you know, we're, we're notorious for um, blowing points against the lesser teams in, bra- like in brackets. Yeah. But, um, right now they are, of course. I was also a little bit confident in, uh, I remember we played there last year and, we, and that was the game we had to win to get in the Champions League and we played there when Oldham scored and a couple of other things. So I was kind of, you know, holding off on that memory is, you know, a little bit of confidence, but it turned out to be like, Oxide Chambers scores his first Premier League goal for Liverpool, I thought he was pretty lucky, you know, he got yeah. the first one saved. It was, um, a, it was a beautiful FIFA goal, wasn't it? The, uh, yeah, the rebound. I think most of our goals were pretty scrappy, to be honest. I think they just kind of happened. Matip goal was, and um, I, th- I thought, you know, probably Salah's second one was probably, you know, very, very nicely finished. That was, that was a very good finish. Yeah, I don't know where West Ham go from here. Um, they got so many problems on and off the pitch, I think. Uh, their owners need to be moved on, I think. You know, th- like these... These are guys that said they're going to take West Ham to the next level and they've done nothing but um, go there to earn a dollar, I think. You know, you know, you look at the numbers that they do and they pay £2 million, I think, rent for the London Stadium each year. Yeah. You know, when you got stuff like that, you know, you should be putting the rest of that money into, into players and, you know, they're all well, about they did. taking a few photos and a few of that. But no, but they didn't spend any money. They spent a bit of money. They didn't did they? Sp- they, they drove half for free? Is that a letter for free? Chiado was like... What twelve million? Who was the uh, who was and uh, Anadovich? Who was what twenty something? Maybe twenty. So, in all the, all those players are less than Salah. Yeah, of course. And like you know, the way, I think what they would say is that the wages are where they're getting done on. Of course, but yeah, but I don't think guys like Zabaleta and and Joe Hart will be pushing the wage bills so much. Like they are experienced players, and maybe Zabaleta, but you know these guys are. 
guys are, are, I reckon they'd almost be happy to be at West Ham more than, you know what I mean? Like pushing, I want this much. Yeah, it is a really, it's an interesting case right now they're with West about, Ham. They're about as high as a club they could play at still, Joe Hart and Zabaleta and, and probably Hernandez. Well, they're, and they're all, let's be honest, like, you know, besides besides Chicharito, like all their signings aren't that good. Like, I'm no. sport, Joe Hart's not that great. Zabaleta is past it, far past it. He's given yeah. away at least two penalties this season. It's cost him points big time. And Anatovic has been, you know, injured, red carded, inconsistent and shit as it is. So if he's yeah. going to... Well, he's inconsistent at Stoke as yeah. well. And I, I think it's just become more and more apparent as he's moved to West Ham. Um, it, it really is like a, a bit of a shame for um, West Ham and the things like... You, you look at Zabaleta and Kolarov who moved on, same kind of situation. He's playing really well at Roma at the moment. You know yeah. I mean? It's kind of like... You see the difference between, you know, what some players, you know, can do at another club and some players can't. Um, it's amazing what players turn out when they're not playing with the world's best around them. Yeah, you know I mean, it's, a, it's another true. thing like that. Um, but for for me, I think West Ham, it's it's a kind of like a reset button. Uh, now that Bilic is mm. gone, it's kind of reset. Let's get us safe. Has to be, doesn't it? It, it really is. And unfortunately, I don't think you've got the man that you, you guys probably want. But at the same time, I can't think of the guys that are available that would be able to, besides Big Sam, I don't. I can't see him going back to West Ham anyway. But, you know, Moyes has got the six-month contract. He's only contracted to the end of the year. His main focus is to get them, you know, safe this year, which is... Um, what he said in an interview. So, you know, for for someone like Moyers, he's fighting for another year. So, you know, there, there's good um, reasons behind, you know, Moyers going there and, and he, he's got a lot of incentive to do well. And, and I think more to prove everyone wrong that he can manage still. I don't think he's quite got it in him, but we'll see. But it depends. Like it, with Moyes, it's kind of one of those things. What, what would constitute a successful season? I know you might staying be like up. staying up, but like, Let's be honest. If Village stayed at West Ham, they would have stayed up. Like, I, I really, I, I'm really under the belief, and I might, you know, I might be wrong here, but I really am under the belief. The squad with West Ham, they were always going to get points. Remember, Leicester, 25 games into last season, Leicester were going to go down. Everyone was, everyone was saying Leicester were in big trouble, and then they went on a big run. Like you know, good clubs will, will kind of rise when they have to, and I just think that West Ham were eventually going to get them. You know, David Moyes. Has an if that's his only job to keep him safe, I think he's a, I think he has a relatively easy job to do. And um, yeah, like it, it, you know, it's the way you go about it too. Like he, you know, if he if he saves the team by one point, obviously he's probably not going to get another contract. But you know, it, it's just kind of yeah, and, and it's things. it's good that they they've got him just um, before an international break. You know, you can kind of get to know him. they all go away, of course, but you know, he can kind of get him within the club and kind of get to know the board, everybody within it, and see how they want to work things, how they want to operate. Mickey's picking his nose right now, which is fantastic. We will move on. But to Chelsea, uh, Chelsea <laughs> yeah, taking more points away from Mourinho's Memorata with a superb header, absolutely beautiful, Mickey. What do what do we reckon? Um, this is the game where it, it became more apparent to me that it's it's, a, it's just a matter of how much City win the title now. I think yeah. um, this win was just an, like City would have been laughing watching this and just you know eight points up. It's the highest amount of points after this amount of games in. I don't know if it's Premier League history, but um, it's in a very long, long time. Um, you know, it, it's pretty much just paved the way for a city championship. Oh, you know, the champions. And it's just a matter of how much now. I think United are in massive trouble. You know, momentum's a fantastic thing in football, but unfortunately when it's not going your way, um, it becomes, you know, probably one of your biggest burdens. I think nothing's more apparent that... 
the Liverpool game has been the moment where the momentum switched for United. I think every game that they've played since then has been uh, underwhelming at best. You know, they've lost, you know, two or three games now. Um, and it, I just can't help but think that maybe if they had a different attitude, got into Liverpool and kept momentum going, that maybe they wouldn't be in this position. But they are. Um, Chelsea, good to get back after the last, you know, the midweek with Roma. Um, it's good for them to get another win. It kind of lets them forget about that a bit more. But um, poor day for United. Good yeah. day for Chelsea. Um, that's Billy Quater with the fantastic Jeez. cross. Yeah, like that's, that's something that... He had he, a lot of space, didn't he, coming that cross in? Felt, uh, he, that's what they do, but that's what this is what Aspel has done that at least a half a dozen times this season. Like this isn't this isn't new stuff from him. He's just yeah. very good at doing what he does. Yeah. Um, I want to run something by you. I know you're going to be like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't be saying that. But uh, since Pogba has been injured, just just a bit of a stat. Match day, uh, match day seven was the day he finished up. He got injured. They were 19 points apiece. Since then, United have only gotten four points and City have taken all 12, giving it an eight-point difference. How important is Pogba to this team or is this just very coincidental? Uh, no, no, I definitely think it is. You know, like, for me, or, or, you notice it straight away with, for like, Liverpool, Sane coming back. Oh, Mane, sorry. Yeah. Mane coming back. Um, sometimes these players go and they kind of forget how to play without him and, and it takes them a few weeks, you know, but... Obviously, Pogba's a huge loss to him, and it's been proven. You know it's, I mean? it's very strange because, like, Pogba doesn't. While he does play like an important position, there is no not there is no such thing as a not an important position on the field. Yep. he's not. It's not like you're taking away like a, your your best striker. You're not, you're not taking away your best playmaker. Yep. Like, you know, Pogba's kind of that that brute in the middle, and it just shows how much more important, important. Yeah. the uh, the a midfielder is in this kind of, in today's Premier League because maybe two or three years ago they wouldn't he wouldn't have been missed as much. I guess it's like the engine room kind of thing. You know, that attacking midfielder and defensive midfielder, um, either if it's in a pair or by themselves that you know everything ticks through there and if you've got that you know that engine missing obviously your car can't go so you know you know I'd have to learn to play without him like that's that's the thing too and I think they haven't accounted for that and um they've been found out over the last month and a bit so you know I've heard he's been back at training I'm saying with Ibrahimovic as well which yeah. is uh, it's another option considering that Lukaku has gone quiet Zero. I, will say, I will say in his defence that he's been isolated up there at the moment, and and I don't think the world, I don't think any striker at the moment could be scoring with that with These, the delivery he's been getting. Unfortunately, what United do now they just bomb the ball up and hope for the best, and it's it's never going to work against a decent, any decent any, side. Well, yeah, that being said, that being said, it worked against most Spurs. Teams are. It worked against Spurs, that being said. So, but uh, Lukaku didn't have a touch inside the box uh, all game, which is pretty, pretty uh, bad, for pretty, da- pretty damning for like yeah. And I, I, like I do give uh, Lukaku a little bit of shit, but I think that I agree with you. Where like you know the way they're playing, their style of play, you can understand when you've got players like Lukaku, Rashford, Martial, and Mkhitaryan. Like Mkhitaryan's been absolutely useless. He's, yeah, he's been, he but has. it's not been mainly because of him. It's because of the style of play they're doing. They're not running the ball up. They're just bombing it up. And that's where Mkhitaryan is a link man. Mkhitaryan is a guy you take from the, you know, your kind of your center of field or you're just in front of the halfway line to the box. Like that's the guy you go through. And it's just for whatever reason, they just don't want to do that. Yeah. And I think with the Chelsea things too, it's, it's making United fly under a radar a little bit. Um, things are heating up there. And, I, and it's with Mourinho, um, it doesn't help with this PSG thing floating around the top of their head too at the moment that they say that, um, you know, they're linking him a little bit with there and they're kind of 
like PSG and Marino kind of pissing into each other's pockets. Okay. With a little bit of confidence there. So um, you hit it here first. Ooh, I was going to say, I haven't heard that actually. Oh, so. I've heard it around the trap. So <laughs> so you hadn't heard it here first because I'd heard it from someone else. <laughs> no, no, we heard it here but, first. <laughs> yeah, but like this kind of stuff is probably, you know, having its effect as well. Um, you know, Marino does this it's like... Normally, his second season is best with the team. Like they normally go off and just absolutely smash the competition. But yeah, um, Marino has a very good history in shooting himself in the foot. And you know the style they're playing at the moment. You know these players are world class players playing at United, and they're not paid and they're not bought for that much money to play a defensive kind of game. No matter who they play in the world, you know United are a team that will go out to win any game they play ever, no matter what opposition, no matter where, and. The style that they're playing is is so defensive for what these players are used to that, you know, I can't see many of them enjoying, you know, playing this way at the moment. And it'll be interesting to see what happens soon because, you know, they've got something's gotta change. Well that's the thing, it only started becoming defensive once Pogba got hurt, which is crazy. And it's amazing. I love the fact that, you know, Mourinho and I'll, I'll, I'll keep bringing this game up a lot. And it's the, uh, the United-Liverpool game where he played for the draw for 85 minutes and had they had one chance, didn't take it. I love I, I love since then, like it's almost like karma's just come back and been like, you know yeah. what, we're just going to take more points off you. Because, like you, you again, as you said, you play for a win. That's what you need to do when you're a team like United. The gap is growing. Eight points at the moment. Like, every game, you know, they would have been icing up uh, Man City. They would have been icing themselves up, watching that game, going, how good's this? Like, yeah. we're, we're, like yeah. we're getting getting more points up. Like, they, they are just on the hottest streak. United are just being uh, halted in their tracks. Um, good I think, I honestly think City can go the year unbeaten. You reckon they could invincible? I'm calling it right now, yeah. <sighs> Tell you what, wouldn't that be cool? They still haven't, still haven't had a Manchester derby yet, still haven't played Spurs. I think they've played everybody else. Oh, the other three big teams they have. Yeah, they've yep. been. Uh, so they, like, there is potential in that. Do Com- you give Spurs a chance? You've got to. Uh, of course. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, we have a fantastic record against um, City. Like, really good. Yeah, we, well, beat- we did too. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, it's just. Mane keep the guy in the head. <laughs> yeah, Mane, Mane went super sane on that guy. In the yeah. way, the way Edison, it went. See that, Edison. Uh, Conte uh, not shaking Mourinho's hand was fantastic. Yeah, but- I, I thought that was um, a little bit of a. You know, I'm not sure where the history is. Uh, Marino and Conte because you know they wouldn't have crossed past too many times I don't think in the past no I don't I don't think so either I don't know if, it might have been here at the moment you know after the midweek a lot of pressure on Conte he might have just kind of I don't know he might have, I don't I don't think you can forget about something like that can you like you yeah know, it's, and normally it's a Marino thing to do to someone else so yeah. it's kind of good to get his own karma I guess in the end yeah definitely I will move on but Mickey yeah. um you know, what you've called the uh, the invincible title winners, City, uh, as I said at the start of the show, they've kind of just uh, they've just brushed aside another, you know, apparently a big six team, uh, 3-1 win over Arsenal. Not as convincing in terms of the goals because there is there is a bit of controversy with a couple of them. Uh, yeah, and I think it's... Um, I don't think there's actually controversy, to be honest. I think Wingers should be almost apologising to Raheem Sterling. Um, you know, 50-minute penalty, uh, Nacho Monreal drags down Sterling. Yep. Um, which you it, know, was, it was there. It was definitely a penalty. Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't like the most like amazing. Like it wasn't the but they locked arms and they, yeah. dra- and they both dragged each other. You know, what I mean, it's a penalty every day of the week. It's one it of those is. ones where it's like you know, if it happened against your club, you wouldn't be happy with it, but you kind of be like, accepted it. Like, it yeah, you yeah. kind of have to accept it. But the uh, the more controversial one was the uh, the the second the third goal, uh, the offside, the clear offside. Yeah, that uh, set David Silver off. The thing that I was really disappointed with with this goal was even though you know uh, defenders do do this all the time, and I don't know why they always run Stop. around with their hands in yeah. the air going like They've going for offside. Yeah. 
yeah. like, why are you doing that? The, the offside official knows what his job is. Like, he's going to call it if it's offside. He didn't call it. Everybody stopped. And this was the most basic tapping goal you'll ever see. Again, I've said, said it again. It was a FIFA goal. Like, he just yeah. went straight in. Jesus is just like, thank you very much. Thank you very much. How easy is this? Uh, De Bruyne's first goal, Fantastic. actually, I thought it was fair. T- should have been saved, but. He got a hand to it. He only just got a hand to it. If you get a hand to a a shot like that, you should be pushing it wide. I, I think I especially think he tried to, but he just it just quite didn't hit for him. Right? Well, of course he tried to, but he wasn't good enough to do it. I just think that I thought it was De Bruyne. Oh, it was a, it was a it was a fantastic shot, but I, I just I feel think you've like, been a bit harsh. I, I'm very harsh on goalkeepers, but I, they're paid to do that. Like you know, th- that ball was angling out on uh, was angled out swinger. He sh- if you get a hand to it, you should be trying to push that at least a little bit wide. I've seen goalkeepers do it all the time. It's yeah, I just think other goalkeepers would have gotten done better. I think someone else. Oh, I, maybe cool. maybe it's a sign of the times with check. Uh, maybe one of the bigger talking points that we haven't really talked about is Lacazette not starting. What is going on? Not even Giroud starting. What is happening with this Arsenal team right now? I don't know. To be honest, I don't know. Like, there's a few things wrong with this team. Obviously, um, I think Sanchez has just got to go. Um, he's, a, you know, he doesn't want to be there. He's been playing absolutely shit ass, to be honest. And he's got no commitment for the team now. You, you're better off just playing a couple of kids who want to, you know, are going to do everything they can to play well for this team. This guy's got, he's mentally gone. You know what I mean? It, yeah. And, and playing against City and he's probably looking at the team that he should be at right now. And to be honest, I don't even know if you get a start at the moment, Sanchez, but. Yeah, it's very, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's just, I, I rate Sanchez incredibly highly, but this season he just hasn't, he's hard. He's just not in it. As, he, as I said, yeah, he's, he's not in there. He doesn't want to be there. Arsenal, cut your losses, get rid of him because he's just not doing anything for you. And, and you know what? He's just co- costing you money by the second. I also uh, want to point out that for whatever reason, Coquelin uh, was playing. Uh, why does this guy still get a game? He is, he is the most... He is, is Xhaka start? Xhaka started, oh. of course. Of course he did. We got subbed off. He's, my man Xhaka got start, started. But Coquelin was starting as like a back three. He was playing like as a center back. Like This isn't even his preferred position. Yeah. Yeah, you, you've got... <laughs> You've got El Nenny at least, who's a who's a vibrant up front player who could get rid of San- get get Sanchez out. Giroud, if you're going to play, I know I understand kind of why they don't want to play Lacazette sometimes because when you're playing a team like City, you need somebody who can hold the ball up, and which makes me go, why don't you bring Giroud in? Why can't he be your bomb player? You know that like if you want to bomb the ball up and kind of have somebody hold up to get everybody upfield, why mm. not have Giroud on? And you're playing Sanchez as a striker, which he's a fantastic striker when he's up and going, but he's currently he he's not doesn't care. Ozil went missing again, doesn't every big game. Everybody was going on about his one game against Everton and kind of saying, oh, you know, he's 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 back to his old form. It's because Everton gave him every bit of space in the world. Exactly, yeah. uh, Arsenal are a fantastic team when they've got a bunch of space around, but when they when they get closed down, they go to water. Arsenal have a huge game coming up. They've got the North London Derby next game against Spurs, which is at um at the Emirates as well. I well. could honestly see Arsenal getting their pants pulled out in that game. It's one of the, it's one of those games. I remember I remember very um, vividly last year's second game when we beat them two 0 and which was a really easy game. And I was so surprised because you know every every North London derby over the last four years have been just really close, really tight. Yeah. And um, I remember somebody on Arsenal fan TV going like, "When was the last time we beat Spurs? And when was the last time I would ask that question?" Because they can't remember. They can't yeah. remember how long it's been. And that's it's very very uh, it's very hard times at the moment for a team. Funnily enough, they're only sixth. So like, you know, and that's the thing too. Like, there's a lot of teams in in this top six that are struggling internally, um, and struggling with selections and, and and struggling with players that have like this, um you know, desire to be somewhere else or think they're bigger than the club. And 
you know, it's all playing into the the hands of City. I think like City are the only team right now that looked look like a team that's you know in a right headspace. I think this you know if you look at United, you look at you know probably Tottenham's probably the only issue I'd say with Tottenham is with you know wages. You know people yeah. keep talking about it. You know even yeah. if it is not a problem inside the club, you know. If someone talks about it enough that you know people start asking questions, I think Liverpool have got a lot of issues as well. And then you, you look at the only team out of that top six really that don't have any probably internal issues is City. Yeah, I completely agree, and you know it, it shows on the table right now, and it's a it's a very strange thing to see a team so dominant this early in the season, and you know everyone's rightly saying that they've already got the league one, whether they they do so, it or not. I think I heard today if they keep up this average, they, they're going to average about like a hundred points nearly. Well, yeah. Well, how many games are we in? We're like 11, 11 weeks in, and if they keep going, this, three, yeah, they that's that's ninety that's ninety three that, and then seven more games to get seven points. Of course, they're going to get that. They'll get over a hundred points. Clearly. And that is phenomenal. And they're, they're and let's be honest, they're going to get ninety points. Like they they you're going to have to, and that's where United have gone so wrong. Is where like you need to understand early in the season, the City are pretty goddamn good for one, and they're going to they're going to score a lot of points. They're going to earn a lot of points this season so to beat them you can't be playing for draws like it's not going to work for you exactly uh, right. anyway we'll move on from City and Arsenal uh, Lacazette coming on sorry um, and scoring I think probably for every Arsenal supporter we've been going like why the fuck why, you, didn't start? why are you not starting him? or maybe that's the genius of Wenger maybe bringing him on and kind of being that impact play was his plan but I just don't Did see it, it. well he scored so like you know, it's, they didn't win but they didn't win it. No. So it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't really. It doesn't. Uh, we'll move on probably to the most entertaining game, especially towards the end, Mickey. Uh, Everton Watford a three-two win for my boys, putting uh, putting my boys above your boys at the moment. Uh, towards the bottom of that table, but uh, a couple of penalties in there. Uh, Two-nil lead for Watford. Did they just throw this game away or what? Well, they seemed to, didn't they? And our boy Richardson scores again. Yeah. When does he start turning a couple of heads? Because he's. I feel like he's been a part of every Watford goal in the last month. Yeah, he's uh, he's something. I uh, he just seems to always be on the highlight reel, doesn't he? He's yeah. like he's kind of like one of those human highlight reel guys who just kind of you know he's very very within the play. He's, he loves scoring, obviously, loves being in the box, loves getting into dangerous positions, and yeah, he would have goal in the weekend was pretty good. As and, well. well, he would have had two if he uh, if the if the keeper didn't fail him for that penalty, and then, oh, yeah, and, then he, and then he didn't take that penalty, Mickey. Yes, uh, that is very true. But um, positive signs at Everton to show that you know they would have been at. They were turning down at the 64th minute. You know, a lot of Everton fans would have been just about giving up on the day. But um, it's good to see them come back, show a little bit of heart, and and, and show some positive signs. You know, you know, bait, the penalty at the end is a game changer, really, isn't it? And it could be season defining for Everton. It could be the turning point that they need um, to to make them push on and and, and go on from here. But um, at the end of the day. Probably Watford, you know, they've dropped a couple of games now. You know, the wheels, fall, they're not obviously the wheels aren't falling off, but maybe it's just a bit smarter about how they go about it because um, no team should be dropping a 2 0 lead. Yeah, uh, yeah, Everton's season probably went from, uh, from, from, it just kind of took a bit of a turn, didn't it? Like, you know, halfway through that game, everyone's going, holy hell, like this is, we really could be in the uh, in the battle towards the bottom of the table. But then, you know, a bit of luck, they uh, they did sub their goalkeeper off, I think. Um, yeah, Gomez did come off in the 59th minute, I'm going to say. And uh, bringing on someone else, that first goal that they scored, I thought was... Um, I thought it was really poorly done by the goal. He came yeah. out, didn't need to, yeah, and it was just it. really, really strange. It was just and one of the. He tried everything he did to miss it, didn't he? Yeah, like, he, did. he, he had the challenge, but um, 
went off his knee, I think, in the end. Yeah. And he actually's got a habit of scoring these kind of goals where he beats the keeper. He's had a couple of lucky ones like that. Yeah, he has actually. And um, I, do you think uh, both penalties, do you think they were there? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I, uh, I de- uh, definitely the second one. I de- definitely think the Watford one was there. But I, yeah. I also think the Richarlison maybe on another day might have just taken the shot anyway. Like, you know, it wouldn't have gone down so easy. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that Watford were kind of fighting over the ball for that penalty. I think that says a lot because if you yeah. fight, anyone fights over a penalty and then they miss, it becomes a bigger story than what it has to be. Uh, yeah. you're gonna, and you got to make sure, I heard someone else say, if you're going to fight over for a penalty, make sure you at least put the ball on fucking target, whoever takes it. Yeah. <laughs> like, to miss that completely is just... It's, uh... It's, it's soul crushing for it's, a team. It's like a, that. I told you so, kind of moment. Yeah, it? it is, and uh, like lovely game, but I really I, I think should, Richardson should have taken it anyway because he won it. Yeah, why not? Well, that should that should be how it works anyway. That wouldn't that be a great rule? Yeah, Get, it'll stop these bloody strikers from uh, bolstering up their goal tally from uh, from penalties. dumb penalties. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that is very true. But um, I think we've probably covered that game enough. It's good to see Everton getting onto the winners' score sheet. Sorry. Um, even though they overlapped my boys, West Ham. Um, <laughs> moving on to a game that was also pretty entertaining. Stoke 2, Leicester 2. Um, I think Mares is starting to fight his feet week in, week out now. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see his form. But, you know, they get they get a point. Peter Crouch rolls back the clock with a, a bullet of a headache to get them back in the game. I thought Shakiri's goal was good. Yeah, uh, Shakiri... I every we say this a lot, but Shakiri, I don't know why he doesn't get looked at by other clubs. Like he's a per, he, if Stoke, it kind of flies under the radar, doesn't he? Well, Stoke are kind of that mid to lower kind of table. They're more on the lower to mid table kind of thing. They're that kind of twelve-ish kind of range. Yeah, tenth to twelve. Uh, why I don't know why a team like. Yeah, I won't say Everton because Everton buy everyone, but I don't know why a team like West Ham wouldn't be looking at him and going, you know what, he could fit really well into our system. Well, they, I suggest they they bought um an Adovich and they probably bought the one one. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. And he and he's you know he's got the body and the, and the style of player for Premier League as well. It suits him down to the ground. You know he's all strength. He's he's small and compact. He can get around and and, and use his body. Um, and he's an ugly looking shit as well. He's an ugly looking yeah, he really is. Goes with Peter Crouch. <laughs> well, that's well, our boy Peter getting on could have had the winner on the what the ninety third minute or whatever it was like, and uh, just got saved at the end off the head was uh, was a pretty cool ending. Like you know, really could have uh, could have been a very uh, climatic stuff. Could have been. Uh, beautiful, actually, to see Crouch do a celebration in, uh, in extra time. It's stoppage time for the do winner. The ro- bring out the robot oh, again. I reckon he would have brought out the robot. But um, he, he's a man that just seems to find the net each year, doesn't he? He like, you know, he's, he's got a reserve, more reserve role now at Stoke, where he comes off the bench a lot. And but you know, he, he's still a man that just kind of, you know, he just gets up and finds something and just scores. And uh, you know, sometimes it's on the ground, sometimes it's in the air. He's, you know, he's not quite as good as the air as he should be, and he's a bit better yeah. on the ground than he should be. So it's, it yeah. kind of evens out. Should he, uh, should he be looking for something better than being a uh, kind of a bench player coming off, or do you think he's kind of happy? He should be happy with the role he's getting uh, at his age. He, he still features a fair bit, like you know, mm. what I mean, like you know, cup games and and things. He's a good guy to have around the club. He's got a wealth of experience. He's played for a host of teams. Um, you know, for me, it, it just has to be up for him whether he wants to play more minutes or not. Because I can't see him playing for another Premier League team and, and featuring, you know, week in, week out. So for where I, I for where I see, I think that you know Stoke and the way the the way he plays with coming on and, and all that kind of stuff probably it's probably the best for him at the moment. And and it's probably something where he can keep his body at at you know elite level without yeah. putting too much stress on it. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I think the 2-2 um, draw was kind of warranted. I don't think either team played exceptionally better than the other one. There were chances at either end, which is really good. Well, these are going to these are going to be two teams that probably find themselves pretty close to each other in the table. Yeah, so. and it does it makes sense for them to draw 2-2. Two, two, but the uh, next game, Mickey, is uh, probably where we're going to, you know, I think probably they wouldn't end up at the uh, same end of the table at the start of the season. But here we are looking like Huddlesfield going 1-0 over West Brom after a... What a shot, by the way. Beautiful strike by Van Lepera. You just see those goals happening sometimes, but like those those curling shots on the outside of the box, they've got to be in the, they've got to be the postage stamp, don't they? And they, and this one was probably as postage stamp as you could get. It was keep, um, keep it didn't move. Well, there was no need. <laughs> you know, like it's one of those goals that you know when it comes off the boot, you just think about goal, and you, and you, think <laughs> you can't hit that any better. And he didn't. And you know, Huddersfield get another win, like. This team is really like they're just moving on, you know. The them and Brighton at the moment, and, and Watford as well. Like these these teams are playing out of their skin. And Burnley, and Burnley. But you haven't even got to Burnley yeah. yet. Yeah. Um, but like for, for the first season in the Premier League, this is just fantastic to see a team and and a couple of teams, you know, just playing out of their skin and and really putting it to the big boys. Well, that's it. You like you go at the moment the top 6 is how you would pr- a lot of people would have seen the table at the end of the season. Probably exactly how. I, yeah, actually I, probably the most likely top 6 of people would have uh, chosen, I reckon, yep. uh, uh, with all that. Below that, but is five teams that you would go at the start of the season might go probably three of them might be relegated. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> there is some real, like, to say well, that. I had to talk you out of Watford being relegated. Didn't yeah, I? and I put them at 12th in the end, and they, yeah, uh, who knows, Mickey, they might end up that. They're they even might, higher. Yeah, they're doing even better than that. But, like, you know, Huddlesfield, we both put it last, and I think we both put Brighton in the bottom as well. And I put Burnley in, the, in my relegation as well. It shows and how yeah, much I know. And it goes like to show that, you know, the first couple of games don't define your season as well, because Brighton went through the first three games I think and didn't score yeah they were, they were one of the last teams to score I yeah think, memory. the second last yeah. and, and it just shows it goes to show that you know you take the momentum and momentum and saying again you know it gets you through and sometimes it gets you a roll of results that you know gets you into safety which rolls on to better results so you know for Huddersfield and teams like Brighton that it's exciting times um and they're nearly halfway of the points they need to stay up in the Premier League which is what they'll be you know the 40 points are on 15 um, can't say much more, but you know, a great result for Huddersfield, but it, and it does pile the pressure on West Brom now, who get dragged into that relegation fight. Yeah, of course. And uh, Moy playing well again. You know, he's uh, he gets a lot of praise. This kid, like he's, I honestly, I could see him getting looked at by a few other clubs. That, but um, not in summer, uh, not in the um January, sorry, but in the summer transfer next year. How high would you would you say at the moment? What teams what, do you reckon that he could play for? What the highest like highest in terms of club stature? Yeah, stature. Um, not the current table. Yeah, I wouldn't say current table. I think he could. Probably maybe fit into us like a Stokish kind of way. Like I wouldn't go. I think Stokes a bit high. I think probably yeah, more of trying, a Leicester. I'm, well, Leicester and St- Watford. Well, Leicester and Stoke are pretty similar, aren't they? Like, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we, ju- we you did just say that they're going to end up in the same position at the end of the season. I wouldn't mind if yeah. you played at a Newcastle, like a, a historic, historically a big club. You, know? you would you would love to see them in Newcastle. Be more reason to be your second best, your second favorite team. Yep, they, well, they already are. My <laughs> Uh, we'll move on to your boys in Newcastle, but Mickey, who got absolutely hipped at the end by Bournemouth. My boys in Bournemouth as well. And it was just kind of one of those crosses too from a corner, and it just kind of <laughs> it was a FIFA goal, FIFA sweaty goal. And unfortunately, we can't say much more about this game. <laughs> it's good to see Bournemouth. They start, they needed, that was a much needed victory for them. Um, you know, they were in the relegation zone, they're only just out of it now, but uh, it's a bit of a positive for them to get a win. And, 
90, 92nd minute, they left it to the last second, didn't they? Yeah, like, it's always good. You know, St. James is a hard place to go. Bournemouth getting the win, very happy with them. You know, they're starting to kind of, starting to string some points together. It's funny, you know, at the start of the season, I um I think I had them at eight, I'm going to say, eight or yeah, something like that. Like, very high. I over, over, uh, overpowered them. Yeah, overpowered them big time, but I, I needed to overpower my boys in Bournemouth. And, you know, to be fair, they're not, like, you're only five points away from eight for the moment. So, you know, there's there's always a chance. And that's Two why... Two weeks away. Yeah, that's, all, that, that's why I always give teams like Everton, West Ham, a chance to get back to where, you know, Everton could get that coveted seventh position still very easily with a few wins together. Yeah. Uh, we will we'll move on, but to Southampton, and Burnley, who might be our new boys with the way they're going at the moment, Mickey, because they are... No, nah, I'm not jumping ship. I'm just happy to stay with my boys. <laughs> well, I, I want to I want to talk to you about Southampton because they, Southampton must be the... You know, we talk about West Brom being boring. But yeah, they're, they're kind of falling into that category, aren't they? Yeah, 100%. They've just lost... Yeah, they just haven't bought much in that they and needed. They, and it's so yo-yo tight for them at the moment, I feel like. They either get a 1-0 victory or they get a 1-0 loss and then they get a 1-0 victory and then they get a 1-0... It's kind of, you know... Nothing's really happening for them. And the one thing about Southampton in previous years is, you know, they've been that team coming up kind of thing. But they've been playing exciting. They were playing exciting got like football, you know. They just, um, they, you know, they were playing attractive football. They had, you know, managers that, you know, you think of Potch went through there. You think of Coman has went through there. Yeah. Um, you know, it just kind of feels like right now they've gone real stale. Yeah, they're kind of like the development ground for for the bigger teams at the moment. You yeah. kind of look at, but yeah, they're, they're in a really odd state at the moment. Southampton are a team that just doesn't look like they're they're not good to they're, watch. They're a classic selling club. Yeah. yeah, they are, and but they don't. Do they have much to sell this season? That's the thing. Like, is this Van Dyke? Yeah, well, actually, true. Yeah, Van Dyke is still on. I keep forgetting he didn't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he is. What's he doing? Like, you know, is he doing anything? Like, well, I think Liverpool want to go go at him at January, but. We'll see what happens. I'm not getting my hopes up anymore. <laughs> I've given up on life. But, I, I, you know, another three points for Burnley. That, they move up to seven. They draw Liverpool and Arsenal. Um, Van Dyke. Oh, gosh, sorry. He's just killing it there. Do you think that Van Dyke, just like on him quickly, has his value dropped? Because you know, he was such a hot property in the summer in the summer transfer, and he hasn't really done anything. He hasn't set the it's world on fire. It's kind of the same thing with Sanchez, really, isn't it? He's, he's playing something that he has no interest in playing in, and... Um, you know, it goes. Like, I don't know what happened to Coutinho. He didn't play this week. Um, yeah, the, the guys that you know, like, I think a lot of these teams went to prove a point by not selling their stars. But it's almost come back to bite them in the ass because the players, at the end of the day, they're the ones controlling their own bodies. And you know, you know when you you know yourself when you're hard on in something, you just don't give it what you should. But do you think that Van Dyke? He's not somebody who's like yo. You were saying Sanchez and Coutinho. These are players who were backed up season after season. Who are known great players. Van Dyke isn't a player who's near that level. Not even close. Well, he's like, he's, he's, how many good years has he had? Realistically, oh, a couple. Yeah, yeah like that, that's what I mean. Like, how, there's been a lot of players in the league across all the across all these times that have had a couple of good seasons and then done nothing. And all of a sudden, for whatever reason, like I just think that right now Van Dyke isn't putting his best foot forward at least trying to sell himself then yeah. why would Southampton want to sell him anyway because if he's not if you're not going to get the like what were they wanting like 60 mil or something like that for yeah, him like if they wanted they wouldn't get him for 60 mil now no way like, no. he's not worth it even anywhere near that kind of money and that's exactly right and I think that's what they do some of them you know they just I guess they just lose all motivation and, they, and once you do that you then you, you you know you're already on the way down so but you know moving on for them 
another win for your boys in the white, the soccer chickens. Yeah, the soccer chickens. Uh, you've gotten written down Hong Song Wong Chong as the goal scorer. <laughs> you piece of shit. Um, scoring a beautiful goal actually on the left. He uh, was he was open before the ball got crossed him, wasn't he? Yeah. I don't know if you he noticed that, and uh, he kind of deserved like. I don't know what, like, it must have been just a lapse of concentration, but the Palace defenders just... Oh, so for anyone who didn't see, um, you <laughs> oh, know... I love these. Soccer chicken pressure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Plenty of men in the box. Uh, the ball come, got crossed in. Sing Wong Hong Chong Wang. He was, sit, he was sitting just outside the box, free. Um, and it, it's kind of gone to a Palace defender who's passed it exactly to him for some reason. Onto his left side, flicks it in. It looks very nice. Well, it but look very it nice. was a standard golf, I, I'd say. Oh. Uh, oh, you, you know what I mean. It was, it was a nice finish. He, he had a plenty of room. Yeah, he, they gave him to. It was very Liverpool esque, honestly, like with the clearance. Like it's almost like when Matip uh, just gave it to Ali when he scored. Oh, again. Yeah. It was very similar to that kind of just a really odd clearance. Um, I think Matip. Yeah, you said Matip. Didn't you? Yeah, I just said oh, Matip. Yeah. Um, I will have no, not a rant, but I will. Uh, I will say something to you, Mickey. Say it. Um, I'm I'm somebody who has opted sport. And yep. uh, I, I watch every week. This yeah. is probably the first. I've got Optus Sport as well. This is probably. The, you use my Optus Sport, you <laughs> piece of shit. You might be the reason why this happens. Hey, uh, do you watch your videos like on a complete off topic, right? Yeah. Do you watch the, the added time, right? And then you, you shut it off like 10 seconds ago? Because I'm pretty sure when I go to do it, it goes, do you want to resume? I'm like, what the fuck? I haven't watched it yet. And no, then no, go, I don't. I don't. Oh, okay. So it must be something going on. Um, so what I, what I will say is this. I, I wonder if we could watch it at the same time. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to work that out. Because. Uh, I this is the first week that I've ever had trouble with up the sport, like in terms oh, of really? quality. I I don't know, maybe it's is that that fuzzy? You know how it's fuzzy for a bit oh, and then it goes it's horrible. Good. Yeah, it's like you know you get like piss me off. You get like seven. And I don't pi- even pay for it. You get seven pixels on the whole screen, and yeah. it's just like it was the most frustrating thing. Like I'd love to tell you a lot about this game. I can't. I can't because I watched the whole thing and all yeah, I saw fuzzy. was a bunch. I saw one bloody. A tan pixel and in um Hyung Song Chong Wong score, and I think I couldn't tell who it was for half the bloody game. It was it, oh. it was just the most that would have been the most frustrating thing. Yeah, I missed watching the, the goal. I missed the goal because it game because it kept crashing. I kept on changing through my laptop to my phone because my phone gets better. Yeah, have you got Chromecast? Yeah, yeah, I can do yeah, I can yeah. do that. Yeah, but I, I was just I couldn't be bothered setting it up on my TV, so I just had it on my phone on my laptop. And then if it stuffed up on my laptop, I'd go to my phone and I'd just go vice versa, vice versa, blah blah blah. But it just wouldn't. I couldn't do it for the life of me. Um, that being said, what I could see of it, Crystal Palace had a lot of chances. Uh, Zaha had a uh, open net basically to go to when he uh, got around a keeper who. Uh, do you know who was keeping Mickey for Spurs? Do you want to have a guess? Yeah, I will. Um, is it Michelle Vaughan? No, because he hasn't. He's been sitting on that bench for about four years. Uh, it's, his name was uh, G- Gazaniga. Gazaniga, Mickey. From where? From I don't know where. Mickey. From the soccer chickens. From the soccer chickens. Apparently, where, where's Michelle Vaughan? I, I, that's exactly what I said. I didn't know. I didn't even he's know. He's been waiting for that chance for about four years, <laughs> and he couldn't get a kick. I don't know. Maybe Vaughan's injured. Maybe they want him in the B B team. I don't know what was maybe going he's on. Gone, like had had did some nice. Michelle Vaughan, seriously. Like, you're a supporter. He's a good goalkeeper. But how the hell have you kept him for so long as a backup? I don't know. You're telling me that half the Premier League clubs like at the bottom wouldn't go, I'd take Michelle Vaughan because I'd take Michelle Vaughan right now. No, you would definitely. But it's funny because when when Laurie's got injured last season and I remember he played against you guys in Liverpool. Yeah, he dominated. And he completely, if we didn't have him, we would have lost 6-0. Like, we would have yeah. absolutely killed that game. I don't know. I, Vaughan might have been hurt. I don't know what was going on. Can we look up Michelle Vaughan and see what he's we doing can. Right we, now? We will Is he with Lamella? We will in the break. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, he's getting coked up with Lamella. Uh, yeah, we will in the break time. But uh, this, you know, not a convincing win, but a win nonetheless. 
nonetheless, um, yeah, not really too much to say about it all. It was just kind of one of those. No, nah, it was just kind of yeah, it just kind of happened, didn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, it's a good win for a team like Tottenham over Palace because these are the teams we're going to struggle against this season. I feel like uh, North London derby coming up currently. You know, joint second at the moment, separated by goal difference with United. It's just, you know, just I th- I keep think, ticking over. Yeah, it was good for you to get that win. I think mainly because it kind of gives you a little bit of a falling if you if you do kind of don't get maximum points from the big teams. I think, um, you know, the fact that you guys are beating the smaller teams now, um, you know, say you drew against... Arsenal next week, it's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? You haven't you haven't dropped points against Burnley. Oh, it, you, actually, you did, didn't you? You lost. We, yeah, we, we drew against Burnley. Thank you very much. <laughs> and Swansea. <laughs> and Burnley Swan- was the first team to come to my head. And Swansea. <laughs> uh-huh. we, drew, we drew against them as well. I think we lost against Burnley, didn't we? Yeah, Liverpool lose against most teams. Uh, yeah, anyway, we'll, lose against Burnley a lot. we'll move on to our last game of the fixture. Brighton uh, versus Swansea. Swan- Glenn Murray again. <laughs> Brighton, man. Brighton are just one of those teams, and uh, you've gotten you've written it around the wrong way. Yeah, so I, I wrote H home and away in, in circles. Oh, you're very, very clever, Mickey. Sometimes, thank you. Um, what do we think of this game? It's you know Brighton getting the win. Um, Swansea kind of starting to trickle down to where I think they will end up in on the bottom. Yep. And uh, what else we got for it? Well, they're, they're turning into relegation candidates, aren't they? And um, you know, I wonder if Sigerson's like wish he just stayed at Swansea. Why? Well, we'd be playing every week for one. Well, he played this week for Everton, so. Yeah. Did he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, oh, he... Did he start or not? Uh, he yeah, didn't he... start. Yeah, he did start. Yeah. No, he didn't, did he? Yeah, he did, of course. I thought he he's on the bench. No, he started. Yeah. You gotta, you... I'll take back that complete comment. You are a soccer chicken. <laughs> you're, you're a soccer chicken. Yeah, I am too. Uh, what we will do, but Mickey, we will uh, we will take a break. We will come back. We've got Facebook's finest. We're going to talk about the Champions League. Europe's, uh... Europe's most expensive clubs, Mickey, so more, uh, more Tottenham praise for me. And then we're going to talk about Australia going up against... Our boys in the yellow. <laughs> Our boys in the yellow going up against... Uh, what are we going? Hummus. Oh, that is Aaron Moy FC. Against, yeah, Aaron Moy FC versus Hummus. Uh, featuring Tim Cahill. <laughs> Now, guys, I've got to warn you this week. Um, <laughs> it's not good when I start up with this. Though, yeah, no, I, I always enjoy uh, it. This week's a Facebook finest. So I'm going to cause a lot of controversy, I think. Um, well, I didn't personally cause it. I'm just reading what other people have written. Um, obviously, Facebook's finest is where we, we have a laugh at the, the internet world. And um, <laughs> I, I, seriously, for me, I find it like I'm just going to say it, it's hilarious. But at the same time, a lot of people would probably be offended. Um, there was a photo doing the rounds this week of a man who dressed oh, no. up as Madeline McCann. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I do remember this. Halloween costume. Yes. Uh, Nick, I'll show you the photo right now. Yeah, I did see. So that. he's basically got a blonde wig on and the same Everton shirt. That, and, and a beard. <laughs> yeah, the, the beard's probably a little bit off off what she was wearing because she is only four at the time or something. Um, it's caused a lot of controversy and a lot of people have, you know, said he's a disgrace. He, he admitted that he was in the wrong, but I, I had a quick read through the comments. Yep. Go and on. Th- there wasn't just one Nick. So, you know, you know, when people have a go at people being cruel and nasty and, and all this, there was, a, there was at least 10 comments that... Okay, that were just off its head, really. I and okay. I literally was in stitches. Okay, can we can we get an example here, or are we just going to hear you uh, build it up? Well, the first one was from Johnny Marks, James Marks. Sorry, who said more importantly, have they found him yet? 
Now, it gets better. Um, someone said, no, but his mum and dad have already written a book and are playing tennis at the moment. So some privacy. Um, I'll give you... Oh, I haven't finished with this one yet, Nick. Trust me. Yeah, go on. Um, also, someone also said, um, I'm surprised if his, his parents didn't kill him and cover it up. Which yep. is not... Yep. Not... Something that you really see, my see. stuff's a bit more lighthearted than this. But, <laughs> this, yeah. this one's a little bit more uh, lighthearted. Uh, so Jack Austin said, "Who said it was Maddie? Could have been Tom Davis." <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, someone, that's, that's and so, spot on. And someone also said to that, "True, he's been missing all season." <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There's some good ones in there. So there was a little bit of, um, you know. Oh. So can I can I take yeah, over? Now? Take Is that over all that you've one. got or what? No, no, no. I've got a few actually. I've got a nice easy one. You know what? I'm sick of it. I'm sick. I'm sick of you making it everything dark. This one comes from Rudy Yates on the, on the greatest uh, Facebook page known as the Premier League Banter Group. Yep. Uh, simple as if you if you support Manchester City, your <laughs> your nan's a tramp. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> Lucky I go for Liverpool. It's just the dumbest page of all time. Isn't it? There's so many people with so much anger and they just say this. You know when people get like, you're having an argument with someone and they've just got nothing and they get so angry that they just say something so outrageous and stupid (laughs) that they just make themselves look like a fool. That's all they do. All they do is say outrageous and stupid shit. Now, going with the racist card still. Okay, yeah. yeah. Actually, no, the last one wasn't racist card, but you know what I mean. Um, Yep. Now, there's a photo called from a girl called Lucy Harding, and she she posted up a photo of her. It must have been her, um, her brother, and, and it's a classic photo. This is before political correctness. Okay, yes. And then she, this is what she said. She goes, Re- reminiscing a little last night and looking through all the photos, I still can't believe my mum and dad sent Jack to school covered in boot polish, dressed as Les Ferdinand. And here's a photo of him. So what they've, ba- they've basically got him in a Newcastle kit and painted his face in black boot polish. <laughs> oh, no. oh. <laughs> Look at his little smile. That's so he's so proud of him. Can himself. we post that on? Uh, is, have we got anything we can post that no, on? No, we can't, Vicky. Oh. That's, that's for legal reasons as well. Okay. Um, so uh, recently, and we will talk about this in a bit. Um, Tottenham, if you didn't know, uh, took care of Madrid like uh, like they were nobody's business, like they were just a mere Liverpool. But uh, uh, foot spy, um, FIFA Ultimate Team trader uh, had this classic tweet to go on. Said, "I'm not one to make massive casts of judgment, but it's fair to say that Harry Winks is Iniesta, Modric, and Xabi Alonso combined." <laughs> <laughs> Bit outrageous, I'd say. So he not- was offside in that goal too. Uh, he didn't he didn't score and he didn't uh, make the pass either. It's oh, trippy. I'm gonna we're gonna play a game every week. At least, called, every, at least I'm consistent. Yeah, consistently fucking annoying. <laughs> um, this is not so quite. It is a little bit funny. Um, but I come across this during the week, and uh, the man who holds the the football manager, which we haven't had a chance. I think me and you have got to dabble into this game a bit. We we mm. kind of missed the boat in football manager, and it seems it's, to be a massive game in England. It's not Australian thing, isn't it? It's just like here, it's. FIFA, you can you barely get Pez. Like it's very hard yeah, to find yeah, Pez. It's, it's very and, not in the mainstream media. And football here. manager is just like something else completely. And I don't like. It's For anyone who doesn't know, I don't think like they don't play games. They kind of manage their team and 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 kind of like you know, 
a lot of people have fun like pulling like a League Two team to Champions League our, glory and all that kind of stuff. Our uh, two Wigan fans are probably going to be listening to this going. That's not even what the fucking game's about, you idiot. Yeah, probably. Sorry, guys. <laughs> anyway, what's uh, what's no, what's we just got two people that don't listen anymore. What's the Jake? What's the Jake? Uh, so joke basically, um, the guy who holds the football manager world record is now a thousand to one man uh, hold like record for the Sunderland job. Like he's actually <laughs> able, to, the people are able to bet on him. <laughs> so That's good. I like that. Probably still a better manager than Moyes. Oh, very good, very good. Um, on the uh, my one, I've got uh, Spurs on the uh, top, currently on top of the Champions League group. Mickey, I'm not going to boast about that too often. Same, love uh, it. <laughs> Who do you have in your group? <laughs> um, so we're on Harder top. Teams in Current, currently, yeah, wouldn't be hard at the moment. Uh, we're currently on ten points in the Champions League. Uh, after playing four games. And we've got a table put up here of um, West Ham who have played 10 games in the Premier League and well now 11 games of the Premier League and are on nine points. So, yeah, uh, it's... it's And not... probably played lesser teams. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah you'd, you'd then Madrid so. and, and Bournemouth. Do you have, uh, any, do you have any more? Yeah, I do actually. I've had, I have a couple more. So you said at the start you didn't have any. You know? I know. Mm-hmm. I just kind of I forgot. Yeah, here we go. It's pretty bad. My memory's pretty bad at the moment. Go on. Anyway, um, Zadie got interviewed about um, Neymar's impact on what he could have at PSG with the Champions League. And um, the question was, can Neymar give PSG the Champions League? And uh, Zlatan's reaction, which is classic Zlatan, he said, I could only drag PSG to the quarterfinals. And if the great Zlatan can't do it, what makes <laughs> you think Neymar can? <laughs> classic Zlatan. Uh, is that all you got, Mickey, or you got more? No, I've got one more here. What, okay. Have you got any more? Yeah, I've got more. I just wanted to see if you got any more. Oh, okay. Go on. Uh, going from Billich to Moyers is like finally escaping Fritzl's basement and then to find out that you're going abroad with the McCanns. <laughs> I saw that one. I didn't, I wasn't going to say it, but I just saw that one. It doesn't help that it like, I've said that I've been on a very McCann train tonight. Yeah, I? you have. Um, so, uh, I've got, see, I got, I got innocent jokes and you go, you go very dark. Um, this tweet yeah, that's coming good. from, the good and evil. from, uh, at betting. 21 million Madrid defenders were complaining that the pitch was too wet at Wembley Stadium. It was. It turns out it was just Harry Kane calling for the ball. Because <laughs> he slobbers and he's got a weird mouth, Mickey. That's the uh, that's the joke. Yeah, I missed it. If, but if, if you didn't now. get that. Um, number one coming from Robert Tyler on the Premier League banter group. Uh, simply put, Aguero is shite. Um, Mickey, no. City's, City's all-time goal scorer and scored the greatest goal in Premier League history. <laughs> Do you have any more, Mickey? Uh, yeah, I actually have. And this one's not so much funny. It's more amazing. Um, yep. A lady put a one-pound bet on during the week. Oh, okay. 12 legs. Yep. She won a return of exactly $574,278.41 pounds. Can, can you tell me the legs, what she had to do? So one included the Bournemouth's 90-second header. Oh. Huddersfield to beat West Brom six to four. Yep. Bournemouth to beat Newcastle five to two. Yep. Burnley to beat Southampton four to one. Brighton yep. to beat Swansea fifteen to eight. Yep. Sheffield Wednesday to beat Aston Villa five to two. Oh. Barnsley to beat Birmingham eleven to eight. Wow. Bolton to beat Norwich eleven to five. So they're all results. Yeah, they're all just results. Yeah, basically, um, Reading good. to beat Derby sixteen to fifteen. Sixteen yeah. to five. Uh, Ispich to beat Preston eight to five. Burton to beat Millwall ten to three. Not Nottingham Forest to beat QPR ten to eleven. Uh, Sheffield United to beat Hull 8-11. Pretty, pretty handy win. Do you know her strategy? What was her strategy? She liked the sound of the teams. <laughs> that's classic, isn't it? That's classic why, women. That's why I didn't fucking win the Melbourne Cup on the, on Tuesday, because I didn't like this. I, that's the only reason I put bets on, because I was like, ah, oh, that name looks cool. So Yeah, I, was, I lost 20 bucks. I lost 100. Um, anyway, um, Marseille fans um, 
after the uh, the infamous Evra kicking of a fan, oh, yeah, uh, put up a uh, a song, basically a big banner saying that you f- you thought you were bigger than the club and fans. We don't want you in our colours. Fuck off, Evra. Really? Yeah. On because it was against his own fans, wasn't it? Uh, was it against one of their own fans? I don't know. I don't think. Uh, I'd hope it would be against one of the own fans. Uh, do you have any more, Mickey, or is it? Am I taking you out? Uh, I've got one more. Beautiful. Um, and it's pretty much saying whatever bad decisions you made in your life, they can't be as bad as Chelsea letting go of these players because they oh, weren't no. good enough. Here we go. On any of the list, there's only four too, and I reckon there's a few more out there. Go on. Kevin De Bruyne, number one. Yep. Arjun Robin, number two. Yep. Romelu Lukaku, number three. Yep. Mohamed Salah, number four. Oof, oof, oof. I don't know how many times you can let that mistake go. Matic is probably another one. Yeah, well, he, you know who knows? If United were to win the league this year, he'd be they let there. him go once before, too. Yeah, that's very true. Um, what have I got left, Mickey? Have you, are you done for the day? I'm all out of. Uh, Sanchez. Uh, this comes from Paul Webster. So Sanchez's vision is superb. He's managing to find a city, uh, find a city player two months in advance. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very uh, good. And also, I've got two more. Uh, EPL boss is guilty uh, guilty of. Wait, sorry. EPL Premier League boss is guilty yep. of not picking English talent, says Wenger, saying that no, we don't pick enough English talent across our teams. And then there's a picture underneath of basically the whole fucking Tottenham team because everyone in Tottenham is basically English. Wenger doesn't know what the hell's going on. Last one. Of course he doesn't. Breaking news. Marseille confirmed they will be severely punishing Patrice Evra by, because of his kick on a fan by loaning him out to West Ham for the rest of the season. She's <laughs> oh, <laughs> can't, can't be that harsh. Uh, can't, yeah, that's very true. Uh, Mickey, we will get into Champions League now. Uh, we will kind of just can't we won't go too much into it because I don't yep. want to I don't want to gloat for too long but we'll go through the nothing results United over Benfica 2 0 over Madrid United over Benfica 2 0 Michael yeah <laughs> look it's a standard result uh poor the goalkeeper the, the 18 year old he, he um he's having a torrid time in the Champions League at the moment isn't he yeah it's a, those United they he must it must be the name maybe United just strikes fear into him yeah, maybe. But, you know, he's a young kid to learn. And uh, goalkeepers normally have an extended career over outfield players. So, uh, good luck to him. Uh, Roma <laughs> destroys Chelsea 3-0. Um, I don't know what this, this... I don't know the message this kind of gives me at the moment. I, I don't know how to process it. I don't know if it's Roma's so good or Chelsea was so poor. I think it was probably a mixture of both. But the Italian teams are really... Uh, they're really something over there. Like, some of these teams have really proven to be, you know... El Sharare uh, with a, two goals, one being an absolute pearl of 30 seconds in. Seconds in, yeah. yeah. It's unbelievable strike to a. Uh, thought you'd just be warming up 30 seconds in, really. I was hitting that, mate. And off the boot, Jesus Christ, that looked good, didn't it? Uh, Napoli 2, City 4. Uh, Pep once again comes out and says Napoli is like the best team he's ever played. Uh, what shit is he talking about? Like, how much of a kiss ass do you have to be? I don't know. I, uh, there's always like. Unfortunately, and as the public, we probably don't find out as much. There's always like something else behind it. You know what I mean? Like there's a, there's a, a secret message in everything they say these days, and it's probably the best thing to probably do is not take anything out of it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. then otherwise the message, you know. But you know, City played well. You know, they they killed off the game. And they should do in a real commanding position. Most teams. Most English teams in the Champions League at the moment are in... Like, it'll be good to see all five of them go through. I think Chelsea are probably in the biggest danger. Probably Liverpool followed by second. I think because, you know, first or third so close still. Yep. Um, but we will move to the main result. 
What? What about Liverpool versus pub? As you've got written down. <laughs> pub team. Pub team. <laughs> um, I was getting really worried at about the 60th minute. I was watching this game and I, I thought, you know, we're not going to break this team. The, the goalkeeper, Hernandovic, saved a penalty from Milner, who doesn't normally miss them. And, you know, it took a while to break through. We had heaps of chances. It was just... I was genuinely worried, like, with that form. We did win 3-0, I think. But the thing... Like, we dominated, but we should have won 6-0. It was... It was just something that we kept squandering chances, and um, I was a little bit—it was a little bit concerning. But you know, we got the result. You know, we got that goal difference now that you know is going to set us up as well. I think that's a massive, massive um, plus for us. But now we will move to Spurs three, uh, Madrid's reserve side one. <laughs> I love how you've written down Madrid's reserve side. They played the same side that they played at the uh, Bernabeu, I'm pretty sure. So yeah, still reserve side. Uh, still the reserve side, apparently, according to Mick. Um, no Bale. Yeah, they didn't play Bale. Bale's obviously hurt. So He's in the first team. So. Couldn't get him. Yeah, exactly. Um, so no, it was it was a good win, and I, th- I think it's it was a, a massive sign for Spurs. Um, you know using their credentials in Europe. I think it, it's kind of like they've kind of put their name on the on the, on the the world stage, I'd say, because, you know, outside of England, you know, there's people that probably wouldn't know Spurs still. You know, like... Uh, yeah, across yeah. clubs, it depends. If you're a fan, you'd maybe. You'd be surprised, man. You'd be surprised, like, across the world, you know, like, who's fourth in the Spanish League at the moment? Wait, Spanish League? We, we don't do the Spanish League show. Yeah, we do the Premier that's, League that's show. That's the point of the argument. Who's, Who's currently fourth? Yeah. Uh, Atletico are currently fourth. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. No, they're not. I'll have to check that just to make sure. You made that up. But you know what I mean? Like, the teams that are playing well and, like, besides, the, you know, the th- first three or four teams, like, you couldn't name every Spanish team. Atletico are currently fourth. That's fucking bullshit. <laughs> that was a guess. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Like, yeah, you could... Well, just look at that t- table. Currently... Yeah, you wouldn't have no idea if Lancer you're a second. No, you didn't tell me who's second. You told me who's fourth, and I said I told you who's fourth. So stop trying to uh, stop trying to backtrack. All I'm trying to say is Spurs probably made a, a mark on world football. I think they've become more recognised after this, that week. Is this a bit of a? Uh, I won't say. I won't go into how good Spurs. Are. I'll go into Madrid because they played very poorly. Um, they've been pretty poor this year, to be honest. Yeah, they have. Do you think there's a sign? Is this a sign of? You know, other teams kind of coming up. You're saying, like, Italian teams are really doing well in the Champions League right yeah. now. English teams are really doing well. There's three teams now who are qualified, uh, guaranteed qualification, which is Man City, Spurs, and PSG. None none are Spanish. None, there's no, yeah, there's and, no Madrid, uh, no uh, Barcelona. Atletico have got a real chance of being knocked out of the group stage as well. Yeah. And they're, and they're playing pretty bad. I think it's more of a um, sign that the, the Madrid and the Barca's and, and the Atletico players are not having a great season even domestically. Um, Luis Suarez only kicked three goals this year. Yeah, he's he's very uh, Griezmann he's three very goals. poor, very poor again. And he's kicked one against Chelsea, so um, I think it was Chelsea in the Champions League. Yeah. So these guys are you know the the, the teams that have been hanging their hat on for a while and and obviously you know Barca are trying to live without Neymar and that kind of thing. The, you know they they're really struggling this year and. Obviously, their domestic forms coming into the European stage, and um, I think the, the the scariest team, I think the biggest threat besides you know the cities and and yeah, even Spurs, like I'll I'll I'll, I'll even admit that um, I think it's PSG. I think PSG are just absolutely destroying teams at the moment. I don't know. Uh, I don't know why you put Spurs into that category I, just I, yet. Well, <laughs> like it's a bit, at the moment, they're automatically automatically yeah, qualified. I, they're on ten points. You can't say you you can only go on results. Yeah, exactly. And you know they've beaten Dortmund. 
Well, to draw with Madrid. Let's be, let's be honest. A Dortmund couldn't even beat a pile, and they play in both legs. Two draws, like this. Yeah, uh, but Dortmund you know, are playing absolute trash. This they season. are playing trash this season, and um, I guess that is. But you know, you've played Madrid twice now, and the worst result was a draw. Yeah, so it's like very uh, very at, promising at the Bernabeu. Yep. So for me, Spurs are looking in a really good position. They're getting results now. I think the Wembley curse is over. I'll officially say it. Against the big teams, it is, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I've snipped the red ribbon, and I think it's open for <laughs> it's open for you know use. Um, you're you're just being extremely humble, and I know that for a fact. I just can't. You, 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 you just don't want to jinx yourself. That's are, exactly are, we, what are we the best team in the world? Are Spurs the best team in the world right now? I don't get to it. <laughs> no, uh, this was a good game, Ali. I I will give a shout out to Ali because we were I was we were both giving him shit actually last week about United and how poor how poorly he played. Um, he was quite just, lucky with both goals. This is this is how great players respond. Like great players do this. this Deflected goals. Uh, still, still goal. <laughs> nah, still both goal. played fantastically. Bossed that midfield, and he he showed like Ali's a deceptively tall person, and he doesn't look tall all the time. And he was on the ball, and you know he put he was the one who put uh, Kane through to put Ericsson in for yeah. his, for the third. He, like, he just got he just got around people with ease, and even when he uh, that deflected goal before that, you know he's just he's I can't remember who he was. Uh, he was basically dancing in front of it, and he went, put him in the ground and he just went around him. Simple, like you know this is plays with confidence, and that's how good players bounce back from. Is court. he putting himself in the shot window for Madrid because mm. he, he's kind of come out of nowhere both Madrid games, and they've probably been his best two games of the season. Um, Maybe like you could you could always argue that, but I don't think that um did he did Ali play the first Madrid game? Yeah, was I think he, was he played he, well. Uh, I don't even know if he played actually. Oh, I'm pretty sure he did. I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I will quickly look at that while we go through this. But um, what I will say is um, you know, I've mentioned his name a couple of times, Mickey, but um, Kieran Trippier, uh, Harry Wings, Harry uh, Wings, <laughs> Kieran Trippier might be one of the best best right backs currently in the Premier League. I, he's so good right now. He's um every I, I posted personally I posted and no he didn't didn't play against uh, Madrid the Bernabeu because he was he got red carded. Oh uh, yeah that's right. So, uh, I don't know what I was thinking of then. Uh so uh, Trippier, I posted a thing on like an old Spurs, a Spurs kind of um, Facebook page, Trippier or Aurea. Everyone said Trippier, except for a few people who said, I can't decide. Or whoever, they would give the token, whoever posh picks I go for. Uh, I tell you what, that Crystal Palace game that I watched this week with, with uh, seven pixels on the screen, you could tell pretty clearly that uh, Aurea was not really as good as Trippier. His, his delivery's not as good. Danny Rose was on the other side. He's probably half the reason we got that goal. And uh, right now, Trippier is far superior. He knows how to play the posh system. So just going off, yeah, I agree. I think Trippier is a better player than Oreo. I think, you know, Oreo is probably coming with the, the big man personality, you know, the big price tag and expected just to roll in. And he's probably met his match a little bit here. And I think the one thing that Trippier had was he actually had a chance to take number one spot now. Like when Kyle Walker was there, Kyle Walker had already established himself. He was... Yeah. You know, he was the backup, but now he, he's probably sniffed a chance to take over. And Aurea getting, I think it was red carded at the start of the year. Yeah, yeah. And that's opened the door. And now people have gone, all right, this is the guy we want, to, want us to take us forward. What I'll move on from that because I think that's pretty obvious yep. now. Um, there was a very interesting interview with Danny Rose um, during the week, and it was about his injury. And um, Okay. I didn't hear this, sorry. So he basically said that he felt jealousy and anger towards his his team like, like uh, while he was injured and he said it was probably some of his darkest days um, because he missed nine months, I think it was, with his injury. Um, he also saw a counsellor in that time too to, to about his feelings about not being playing and um, I just thought it was pretty brave. You know, 
Danny Rose has said some pretty like not I wouldn't say that was controversial. I think he's said some pretty what everyone else is thinking kind of things. Yeah. Um. When I was hearing about this today, it just kind of reminded me back for when I did like my knee and I, I yep. did an ACL and I missed a whole year of footy and I never ever heard anyone say the words jealousy and hate. Yeah. But I promise you, mate. Like, Those feelings go through hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, and I also thought it was very brave of him to just say exactly what he thought and normally what everyone else goes through because we live in a day where. You know, with political correctness and politeness, you, you just got to say what people want you to hear almost. Especially when you're on that stature and when you're kind of, at, you've got that platform like Danny Rose has. Exactly right. And, you know, even when he said the stuff about the wages at the start of the year, you know, he said some pretty big things this year. And, but he said the things that everyone's thinking, but they're too scared to say. And I, I just like, would like applaud him. I just, I just thought it was extremely brave, extremely truthful because, you know, the word hate and anger is not like with teams you know obviously with Tottenham and the, the amount of sex, success they had last year I just thought that um, you know I've never heard anyone say that about a long term injury, injury before ever yeah. but that's exactly the feelings you had I remember when um, the, or the first game of the first season I had to miss have a whole season yeah um, you know, when we played against an, an ex-AFL player yeah, yeah, at yeah. Frankston Park when we played against Feb. And I just yeah. remember sitting there just... Going, I wish I was on that, yeah. Yeah, and it, and it was anger. It was it was so... And definitely since we were, I watched my team get pumped as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the anger that I felt and the and the disappointment and, and, you know, and just the sadness was incredible. And But, you know... When you when you get pulled up for that and you get asked, you know, how are you travelling? Yeah, oh yeah, it's all right. It's good to see the boys doing well. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just... really something that um, it's an unwritten rule kind of thing to to always have. You know, think we're not allowed to have any sign of anger or a disappointment or you know. It's kind of like when you miss out on a grand final. You yeah, know what I mean? Pre- like pretend like it's okay. Pretend or... like it's okay. I guarantee you that many people would have missed out on grand finals and wanted their team to lose because they don't yeah. want to miss out on what could possibly be, you know, one of the best days of their life, and I... and they can justify it not being that angry if their team doesn't win. I thought that I think there'd be a lot of supporters say on a grand final day would hope that their team loses if they didn't get to the actual game. Maybe they couldn't get in or something like yeah, that. Exactly you know, they right. don't get to experience it. Yeah. I agree. I, I think there's there's very much a script that people, you know, ninety nine point nine percent of people follow when they have to to talk about anything because it's just the uh, the right way to say things. And, yeah. you know, I, I haven't actually heard this thing about Danny Rose yet, so I'd have to go look it up after the show. Yeah, but it's worth a look. Yeah, I, I, you know, I haven't... Yeah, I'd have to go have a look at that. But we'll move on actually quickly on that game. I want to give a shout out to Moussa Dembele for hacking away at uh, Sergio Ramos. Oh. <laughs> that was the most beautiful... What about, what about um, Dembele? That's what I said. I thought you said Sissoko. Oh, what the fuck? Musa Dembele. Oh, I was thinking Musa Sissoko. I think you're Musa Dembele. Musa Dembele trying to hack us. Yeah, yeah I did Ramos. see that. What, How about uh, when they were elbowing each other before? Yeah. That was that was all time. I love. I, yeah, I, I was saying this to you midweek. Ramos probably isn't used to losing. That's why. Well, yeah, like, they you know, some of the faces they were very very disappointed. Um, I love. You know what? Dembele is my number one pick. You can have Troy Deeney or Lukaku. Dembele will probably eat them both. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a scary he's man. A monster. He's such a big dude, and he's so angry at the moment. I don't know why. Maybe because he's not getting enough time on the pitch uh we will move on quickly mickey i just want to touch on they released a a little stat sheet going on about the most expensive clubs in europe i'll go through the top 10 from 10 uh we got juventus at 743 mil atletico at 800 psg at 864 which i thought was surprising well the amount of money they've put into the team uh, oh it shouldn't really matter 
Uh, Liverpool at 9.01. Yep, Real Madrid. Uh, Real Madrid, 9.03. United at 9.19. And then we got Chelsea at number four at 1.044 billion. Barcelona at 1.130 billion. Spurs coming in at number two, 1.173 billion. And the number one, I don't think there's any real surprise, Manchester City, City coming in at nearly 1.2 billion. I think it shows that um, the, the commercialization of the clubs, you know, with fans around the world and um, Premier League having a lot more media coverage in those kind of things. I heard an interesting fact, and I don't know if it's still true, that the, the EFL was the second most watched league in the world. Really? There yeah, you go. The championship. Is there any, uh, like, they've currently they've got the most... Um, the most expensive player in the world right now is Neymar, currently obviously valued about 218 mil. So he's got up. Yeah. Oh, but that's Euros. That's yeah. Euros, yeah. So, and uh, they've got Harry Kane as the most expensive European player currently at 186 million. Yep. Do you think that's anywhere worth his value? Because I... I, 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 I want to figure out what that is in pounds. I've got to, I'll, I'll preface that with saying, yeah, we were talking about this. Salah got 101 million, which yep. I thought was ludicrous about Yeah, I money. thought it was pretty... For, I don't think he's our highest... Ranked player. I think mean, Mane is. Yeah, well, yeah, De Bruyne finally getting a bit of praise. You know, 145 mil he got put at. Like, yeah, there's a lot of a uh, lot of very good players at this uh, at this club. Dybala actually at uh, 166 million as well. Yeah, well, Dybala's one one for the future, and it'll be interesting to see how long he stays at Juventus. Or, or, you know, I think he's in the same boat as Coutinho, where he wouldn't mind that move to Barcelona or anything. I don't think a lot of players wouldn't mind that cheeky little move to Barcelona every now and then, Mickey Kennedy. Yeah. But we will move on to our last little topic, Mickey. We want to get through this one. Australia coming up against Honduras. Uh, when is this game? I, I have no uh, It's over idea. the next couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, This is pretty much just for anyone who's from Australia listening through because they probably asked the same question that me and you did and... Who the fuck is Honduras? Yep, uh, this is the World Cup qualifier, of course. This is the two-legger. Yep, this is the one that gets us in. Yep. Now, we're currently ranked 43rd in the world. Honduras are ranked 69. Now, we did a little bit of research, and the best player seems to be a guy from Barcelona B. So, I was going to say Anthony Barcelona. Lozano. Yeah, well, I saw Barcelona at the start, and I caught my heart kind of sank because we've got no players like that. <laughs> I think that we should win, um, but at the same time, we are... Like the Australian football at the moment, we're playing pretty poorly, to be honest. We we've struggled against you know teams that we should easily beat, um, and with the players we've got, we you know, we, you know we've got the odd Premier League player. I think Aaron Moy has to start both games. I think Tim Cahill actually, as much as you know, he's thirty eight years old and he's pretty slow. And he's got his fucked ankle now. Um, he yeah. he has to play because he, we need him for that moment of brilliance. And we really don't really have anything up front besides Tim Cahill. Yeah, this is it's every. I don't really watch international football, Australia at least. We just, we, yeah, it's just the most boring brand of football I've ever seen. The quality is so poor. It's just like, it just seems like they're playing in slow motion. In all honesty, yeah. when I see them play, but uh, yeah, we got to play two legs. We got to try and get through. Um, if we didn't get through, it'd be pretty horrible. I think it's it's a backwards step in Australian football, and this is why I bring it up because I feel like this game is more important than we think. Like it, we just don't know it because. Um, you know, going to a World Cup and not having us in. And, and to be honest, we've probably got the most favourable group to get into the World Cup in the Asia Asia um, competition. Um, it's pre- yeah, I think it's pretty devastating if we don't make it through because the teams we play, are, compared to some of the other teams that have to play, you know, it's, it's really... It, they've set up Australia very nicely so that we're meant to be in this competition, whether we're a powerhouse or not. I think for the commercial, like, like we're, we're playing against Syria and that man, like yeah, I know. You know these teams are, you know, they're, they're non-existent in the, in the footballing world, really. A lot of them, and 
you know, and we're struggling to beat these teams. Like we, we took who we what, we played Syria in the in the in the first playoff, and it took us the extra time to beat them. Like, yeah, Australia football has to play be invested a bit more. I think you know the A League's getting a little bit better, and they've started bringing in academies. The next wave of Australians might be okay, but I think for the moment. We need to have we we need to have something to watch still, and I think the show getting to this World Cup is so important because of that. Uh, I will leave it on a little little bit of controversy that came out about this game. Uh, there's there's a news program over here called the Project, and there was two hosts on there that have sparked a bit of controversy over in Honduras themselves when they were talking about the game. They called Honduras the murder capital of the world, which has gone over to Honduras media, and I'm just saying this because I just looked it up. Was right that Waleed? There. Yeah, Waleed oh, and Peter Halley. I mean, everyone hates Waleed as it is. Uh, the situation has been spiralling out of control in Honduras to the point where star striker uh, Lozano declared that his team will be aiming to kill them off in when asked about the a- soccer rooms game. Barcelona B player. <laughs> Yeah. Is that the Barcelona people? Yeah, look, <laughs> look it's on the board. It is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ali appeared to, appeared to suggest it's not safe to travel to Honduras, and Halia then suggested there are similarities between playing against Honduras and playing against ISIS. There are some very, very different <laughs> On a completely comments. off topic, them two are just like, that is, isn't that the most right field TV show I've ever heard? Is the most what? Like right, like you know what I mean, like politically correct, and then they Poli- just say stupid left. shit. Like, yeah, yeah, political yeah, left. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, but we will leave it on that, guys. Uh, is there any main takeaways you took from the week, Mickey? Before we get off, uh, yeah, I've already mentioned it before, but I think it's it's city you of. Don't say title. this again. You've said this a few weeks now. City are going to win the title. Yeah, but it doesn't matter how much. Ten <laughs> plus points. Ten. Uh, will they make a hundred? Will they get to hundred yes. points? Yes. Turn up. Tell you, Bradman style. I'm going to say. And West Brom's manager is the next to go. Okay. I like it. Uh, Mickey, it's been beautiful. What you, what's yours? Uh, then, uh, Tottenham are the greatest team in Europe. Ladies and gentlemen, you guys have been listening to the Total 90 Premier League podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. Mickey Kennedy, take us out. Thanks for listening again. Um, a lot of great results. One more manager gone and uh, look forward to seeing who's the next one gone. It is going to be the best season of the Premier League, Michael, because we are going to take you all the way through it.